strength is an output component. It is not an input component. The production of strength is dependent on afferent input into the system, and strength is the result. So, so that if I have a series of fundamental movements that I know are basically um, set in a certain way, are constructed in a certain way, and we've seen this through the child development, I can use these fundamental movements as an assessment base. This takes the variability out of it, and it allows me to draw similar and comparable conclusions from one person to another, or from one session to another. And that is the important thing. Um, and so the, the, uh, the developmental sequence that we see on the chart becomes your template for not only assessing the output, but assessing the input, what is required to perform these, these movements. Input is more important than output, and we must learn to be masters of assessment of input. Output is easy to see. Input yeah. is more difficult, more complex. It is much more um, in an integrated uh, system, because that is how the brain works. Okay, so what do you, you, know, what do you mean by input? And when I hear input, I'm thinking the ability to actually sense and feel the support points or the weight-bearing points, um, the ability, I mean, you know, proprioceptive, kinesthetic awareness of your body and joints in space where you are in That's space. Right. But right. is there, you know, is there something else you're thinking of in terms of being able input to assess is- the input? Yes, I think that input is all, is afference that come, that is coming to the central nervous system is to be processed and then a decision made about the output and the quality of output. Of course, there's a hierarchy of what that input is and how important it might be to the situation at hand. Um, uh, when uh, somebody comes to me with a a, show, uh, sh- a painful shoulder or painful elbow, I don't immediately start evaluating his kidney function. That is input, but it is not high on the priority list until there's a reason to assume there's a connection between poor kidney function and his elbow pain. I mean, obviously, what you'd I, start by putting a crystal on their forehead first, <laughs> muscle testing the crystal. We establish that, then we can move on to their shoulder, neck, and neck. I know. Why not? Why not start <laughs> with the obvious and move to the obscure? And move to the obscure. But you know, um, yeah. the systems that contribute to any movement are varied and um, and um, quite complex. However, there are those systems that we know have a higher priority and are more likely to be the culprits for uh, dysfunctional movement. So 
the nervous system, of course, the musculoskeletal system, the ligamentous or integumental system. And uh, then you can get into more, um, uh, more complexes, the visual system, the vestibular system, the digestive stomatognathic system. All these have their likelihood of priority in causing a dysfunction in movement uh, production, etc. So our job is to master assessments that uh, categorize these systems in order of priority and also can, uh, uh, can inquire into what is the effect of a dysfunction in the system on the movement quality or the, um, the somatic presentation of these systems? What effect do they have on the soma? If we have this in the background of our minds, then when we assess failure to perform, failure at ADL, the first thing we must think of is what systems are involved, what systems are likely to, by um, dysfunction, cause a failure in performance. And if the systems are okay, is it a processing problem? And if it's a processing problem, what is that? Or is this an actual physical blockage, uh, a joint problem, a muscle problem, and so on. Or it might be an energy problem. The supply of energy is inadequate to the requirements for performance. So we can right. see... Right. And I mean, that's, those are just all the... Essentially, you're listing out kind of the categories of failure. Or the, or the, That's right, the, yes. You know, what, why is this person yes. failing? It, you know, it could be an anatomical right. problem, a processing That's right. So once we have that in mind, that is why assessment is the most afferent assessment. What is input to, is much more important because that will determine what your treatment will be and what you will require, to, what you will monitor as the audit for that particular problem. And yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think again, you know, just to kind of constantly drone, repeat the drone of mm -hmm. as DNS instructors or, or providers, people who use DNS, we are, there's a certain reliance now or assumption that the inputs provided in those fundamental movements are of such good quality that they will reliably give us consistent good results. Mm -hmm. um, and that is how we're, you know, and, and once you start to veer from the inputs that are used with those fundamental patterns, this is when you can start to see more um, dysfunctional signs of the nervous system, whether or not in the output in the output essentially that's right i think that we we cannot assume that the output of failure um, requires more effort in output that is an um, not a very um, um useful um assumption 
the failure to perform must be recognized as a failure of resources, not a failure of their um, application. Well, see, that's where that's where it gets a little semantically tricky or just, mm-hmm. you know, difficulty to think about it. Because when you say the the problem with the ADL or the breakdown of the functional movement, the breakdown of the functional activity is a problem of resources. Strength coach or a chiropractor might think, well, the resource is their strength. They're lacking strength. I just need to train them and give them more strength. Therefore, their ADL and their functional activity will be better. You know, they hurt. Yes. I mean, just to give a, a, a gross example, you know, That's they hurt right. themselves deadlifting. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we just need to train them to deadlift better, stronger, faster. Mm-hmm. And this is the problem because their resource was they did not have adequate strength and deadlift. Well, yes. So but how strength. would you distinguish what you're yeah, how would you distinguish what you mean by resources, I guess? Because strength is an output component. It is not an input component. The production of strength is dependent on afferent input into the system and strength is the result so it is mislabeled as an input when strength is an output resource it is an output consequence of several resources that come together proprioception esthesis uh, chemical energy production adequate nervous system conduction contractibility of the muscle, processing of it, that is what results in strength. So you already there, the misconception that the input is strength uh, makes it a joke. <laughs> well, so and, that, and that's, that is a, that's an easy trap to fall into. That's because right. It immediately does make sense. I mean, mm-hmm. it is really, but it, it makes sense. It makes a certain sense. But then again, uh, like I said before, you can make a joke of it where, well, if you're having, if your pain results from running, just run mm. better, you know, run more, That's run right. harder, right. train more because we could just, You'll it just needs strength. to be strengthened. That's right. So and nobody once, necessarily agrees with that. I mean, obviously. No, because once you assume that strength is an input when it is not, it's an output factor you are going to make faulty decisions about what it means to have strength or not to have strength. So we really must have clear from the beginning what are input factors and what are output consequences. If we can do this, then we will not have this confusion and try to make what um, is clearly a consequence of other resources um, make it itself an abnormal resource. It is an anomaly to call strength an input, or um, it is not. It is a consequence. Yeah, that is an interesting, I mean, I think it's accurate, but it is an interesting insight into, you know, how the perspective on, on strength and exercise mm-hmm. prescription and mm-hmm. 
know, how to deal with a patient who's actually complaining of having a complaint. Yes, that's based right. On, it, it, you know, that it does flip it. And it, of course, to me, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> well, I'm glad it doesn't make it doesn't make it easy because now it's well I can't you know your bicep you know you have bicep pain we'll just do more bicep curls that's the obvious answer here when in fact now I have to take into consider central nervous system processing uh, you know chemical metabolism in the body it. obviously like you said there's a hierarchy of that's right our experience when you focus in on the neuromusculoskeletal aspect, we can most of the time, that is where the problem lies. That's right. And then, but, but then taking it all the way back again, it's for us, the fundamental framework for neuromusculoskeletal system is that developmental process. That That's is right. That's where coordination is developed. That's where posture is developed. That's where muscle function is developed. That's where chain functioning is developed. So we do have a framework and a reference to go back to. That's right. That is why the, um, the developmental sequence, the global patterns, are key to our understanding of movement, to our analysis. And without that, we are lost. Um, it, it, uh, just like, you know, when we um, photograph a bird flying in slow motion and we look at the wing positions, the feather display, um, how the bird flaps the wing, and we tell you this is how a bird flies. Um, of course, naturally, just because you put the wing through those motions doesn't mean the bird is going to fly. It actually has to flap it at a certain rate to make it work. But it does give us key information as to what positions must be achieved in order for this bird to fly. If we then compare it to a bird with a strained wing or a broken wing, we can see that those positions are not achieved. So there is something to be said for the empirical positions and transitions of movement that are spontaneous to any species by which we can compare anomalies, failures, or divergent behavior so that we can then again go what resources are necessary to make these two positions become one. And luckily, we have a sequential, well-documented process in the developmental uh, kinesiological um, catalog of movements and positions which DNS has uh, ascribed to and subscribed to. So I think we are, um, we have an advantage in that we are not inventing positions, we are not inventing movement, we are using empirical observation of movements that have been around for hundreds, if not thousands, if not almost a million years. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that is 
that's the explanation, uh, you know, for human motor development. I mean, yeah. it, in one sense, once you hear that story or once you understand that um, perspective, in one sense, it's simple. It, it is almost, it is an almost an evolutionary explanation of this is how it, this is how it developed over time. And this particular pattern, this particular way of moving, stabilizing and posturing was just so advantageous for us as a species that it became hardwired into our central nervous system. And like genetics and genes do, they get passed on from generation to generation. If there was a better way to locomote, if there was a better way to stabilize, evolution would have passed that on. But this is the pattern. These are the patterns. And to date, uh, you know, it's the best yeah. pattern we have. <laughs> right, right. That's right. Yeah. It could yeah. improve. It could right. improve. But to date, it is the top of the pattern uh, hierarchy, and it is the best one we have. And so it is the one by which we will measure failure or success. If you enjoyed this conversation and want to hear more like it, then please like this video and subscribe to our channel. You can also stay up to date on our latest seminars on our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook, at IMTR Seminars.